So, what have you done this week? Nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. Same. <laughs> Except that I, I cleaned my bookshelves and rearranged them really nicely. And basically cleaned this entire room up because I got me a new chair for my library. Woohoo! And it is very comfy because we are sitting in it right now. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've done. Yeah, I mean, I worked and I caught up on some podcasts. I caught up on almost all of the Pod Meets World podcast episodes because I got really behind on those. Um, they're so funny. I love Boy Meets World, so I've been enjoying getting to rewatch it. I think that's it. My mom started watching Nancy Drew with me, so that's been fun. Um, which I've this is my third rewatch, so that's interesting. Um, but mom is watching it for the first time. And so that's been really fun. Um, watching her react to the jump scares has been fun. Uh, and then just knowing how the show ends. It's crazy to watch certain moments of the show. Like there's one character that gets possessed multiple times throughout the show. So they just got possessed for the first time. And I, the first line that came to my mind was, Not for the first time, right, Barbara Jean? <laughs> So, um, that's been fun. But, um, yeah. Nothing else other than that. I did get, this is non-book related, but I'm pretty excited about it. I ordered four pairs of jeans from Hollister. They came in today and all four pairs fit. Yay! I that never happens. There's always at least one pair that doesn't fit, so. That was nice. Yeah, that happens. Um, oh, I guess we do have some news. I don't think we shared this last week. I don't think this happened no. last week. Hallie, me, Hallie, Emily, and Cassidy have tickets to go see the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert and film. I'm so excited! <laughs> Not the actual Eras Tour, let me be clear. Uh, we're going to go see the movie. Um, we have tickets for opening night. Um, On Friday the 13th. Yes. So, I need to figure out what I'm wearing. I was planning to wear leggings in my Eras Tour t-shirt, and that's what Cassidy and Emily were going to wear, too. But now, people are talking about wearing their actual Eras Tour outfits. So, I don't know if I need to put my butterfly shirt back on. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I have a Taylor Swift crew neck, but I kind of just want to, like, get on Etsy and order me a t-shirt because <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? We'll yeah. figure it out. But if I dressed up, I would probably do 1989. We'll see. You know, because it comes out some time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask. We need to put in that group and see what everybody wants to do. Because I'm okay with either option. Emily no yeah. longer has her pants. Because they did not last through the night. <laughs> um, the, the beads on them kept getting attached to, like, the other pant leg. And so it just ripped some of them off. So she threw them away because she didn't think she'd ever wear them again. Cut to... Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I, honestly, I'd kind of rather just wear my Eras Tour t-shirt, because I feel like I wear that outfit at the concert, and I don't want to, like, re-wear, like, I want that outfit to be, like, memories of the concert, and not necessarily, yeah. like, rewear it just to watch the movie, so. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um. I've got two different Aerosaur t-shirts, one in beige and one in black, so we'll make some decisions later. Yeah. 
Um, so, with that said, I think that's everything that's happened this month. Yeah. Week. Hello. I ordered my Jonas Brother t-shirt that I can wear to the concert. And it's a really, really nice t-shirt. I really loved it. So, I can't wait to wear that. I got it off of Etsy. But yeah, I'm planning on wearing Etsy, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm planning on getting the crew neck at Nashville because they're doing one for yeah each different one. Whatever so. they have for Nashville, I'm probably going to get the crew neck of. Yeah. Um, and then I want the bucket hat. I was going to order the bucket hat, but it looks like on the top there's like a place for date. For like a date. So I'm thinking if you buy it at the concert, I think it has the date of the concert on there. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather just wait and yeah. buy that there. Um. Because, honestly, with the outfit I'm planning, that bucket hat might just go on for the rest of the concert. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I ordered some of that, too. And then I ordered um, <laughs> a Katniss Everdeen and a Peter Mullark shirt. And then, or those are two different shirts, Katniss shirt and a Peter shirt. And then I ordered Salem, Massachusetts crew neck, a Halloween Town University crew neck, and a Halloween Town t-shirt. Plus my Jennifer's t-shirt. So, mm-hmm. lots of clothes got ordered. Yeah. Um, I got some more stuff to make friendship bracelets for Taylor Swift because I was out of some letters. So, I had to get more letters. Mm-hmm. Pretty quick wrap up. I think that's the quickest catch up we've ever done in our entire lives. Oh, yeah. So, with that said, let's not ruin it and let's get on into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. And today we're going to be doing, I guess this is going to turn into a series of like where we do just do book discussions of different series. But today we are going to be discussing Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. Yes. Very exciting. So we've done a couple book reviews before. Um, we did Realm of Shadows and Flame by B.L. Talley, and we've done House of Earth and Blood by. Thirty Moss. Yes. Um, you may or may not know her. Um, so we're starting this one. Um, so to kind of give like a preview, this is Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo, specifically the first book. Next week we're gonna do Siege and Storm, and the week after that we're doing Ruin and Rising. So we're gonna go through the whole series. Like Hallie said, this will be like the first of a series that we've done, and maybe we should have went ahead and done House of um sky and breath but nobody else has read it so we had to wait anyways um but yeah we want to eventually do this with like throne of glass too and um akatar and probably the inheritance games at some point and just do some different other series oh yeah um so for now this is shadow and bone by lee bardugo but before we get into that um let's do our currently reading hallie what are you currently reading so, I'm currently reading um, the first book in the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series, The Lightning Thief by Rick Riordan. This is my, this is a reread. I have read this, I have read and listened to this book three different times. So, yeah, it's going to be really fun to dive back into it. Okay. I am currently reading um, House of Roots and Ruin by Aaron A. Craig. <laughs> Sorry, my cat wants to come in. <laughs> the mom look that you just gave the cat. Oh gosh, that was funny. Um, <clears throat> so I'm doing House of Roots and Ruin by Erin A. Craig. Um, so this is the, I guess, sequel 
to House of it's Salt a sp- and Sorrows, but it's like it's a, a spin-off. spin-off. It's a spin-off. It's sequel. a continuation. Pixie, we are not doing this. <laughs> She's as bad as Sammy. She doesn't know where to lay. Stop. Get in your condo. <laughs> lay down. God, can you imagine? I was in here. <laughs> I was in here redoing Some my bookshelves, and she was wanting in and out. And the fact there, my cat is a very nervous cat. So imagine walking into your room and there's just piles of books everywhere. Yeah, you're a little, you're a little thrown off. Am I right? She's gonna ignore me. Anyways, um, yeah, she's a very nervous and feisty cat. She's an orange cat, so if that tells you anything, <laughs> she's very bipolar. <laughs> Let me out. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, House of Red's Ruin is a continuation on House of Salt and Sorrows, so it's one of the different, it's one of the other sisters, um, different point of view. I don't even think the other, that, the sister from the first book, I don't think she's even in it. Um... So, this will be interesting. This is Verity. So, Verity's the one that can see ghosts. And I'm like, this is going to be a creepy, creepy book. And maybe she should have saved it for October, but here yeah, we I think I've I'm got gonna, some books planned for October. I've got though, some so. books planned for October. A lot of creepy books. Same. So, I think I'm going to... Hunting Adeline is going on the October TBR. <laughs> I can't wait for that wrap up. Um, <laughs> Hunting Adeline and I need to finally read... I've got that book Grimrose Girls and it reminded me of Pretty Little Liars and I need to get it or I need to read it and then I think I'm gonna go get have, the Kiss Curse and mm-hmm. whatever other book that um Aaron Sterling comes out with this I year. have tons of like witch books yeah, and supernatural like. books so I'm definitely saving that there's a book that I have mm-hmm. facing right now called The Luminaries it looks very creepy so I'm definitely gonna be reading that <sighs> sweet Jesus um but yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna put Lockwood and Company in October. So oh oh, that would be a good one for October. I need. Uh, yeah, I might start that in October too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. I've got a bunch of books that I could read for October, so I'm trying to figure that one out. But um, yes, House of Virtue is my current read. Okay, so we'll go ahead and get into today's discussion. So just to kind of give you a brief synopsis i could have handed that to you oh well anyways <laughs> um i just wanted to be difficult just to give a brief synopsis so surrounded by enemies the once great nation of Ravka has been torn into by the shadow fold a swath of near impenetrable darkness crawling with monsters who feast on human flesh now its fate may rest on the shoulders of one lonely refugee Alina Starkov has never been good at anything, but when her regiment is attacked on the fold and her best friend is brutally injured, Alina reveals a dormant power that saves his life. A power that could be the key to setting her war-ravaged country free. Wrenched from everything she knows, Alina is whisked away to the royal court to be trained as a member of the Grisha, the magical elite led by the mysterious Darkling. Yet nothing in this lavish world is what it seems, with darkness looming and an entire kingdom depending on her untamed power, Alina will have to confront the secrets of the Grisha and the secrets of her heart. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, this is a book that's been made into a TV show. The adaptation is very loosely done. <laughs> um, the f- they, they stick to the core values, but the details are not the same at all. 
Yeah, the first season of the show was pretty close, <clears throat> minus some creative liberties taken. When involving the crows, but anyways, uh, the second season <laughs> very loose. Well, the second season was books two and three put together, and they just yeah. combined them, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it, but yeah. So starting out with this book, um, in the prologue, so our full synopsis that we're going to be reading for this episode, just to kind of give credit where credit is due, is coming off the Recaptain's website. I'll have that linked below. Um, their website has full synopsis on it, which is great. Um, so kind of use that as a baseline of where to go. So in the prologue, we meet Alina and Mal. Um, there are two orphans in Cramson. Was that the name I was looking for the other day? Yeah, I think so. At the age of eight, they are tested for Grisha abilities, but they don't seem to have any. The first army, which Alina and Mal both joined, is on its way to Kribersk, the city next to the Shadowfold. Um, They plan to cross the fold the next day to go get supplies in West Rafka, but Alina is nervous. Not everyone survives crossing the fold. So, I thought this was really interesting how she kind of, like, literally just throw you right into it. Like, you're at the fold. There was no build-up to that. Um, so, I love that because you've got to get me hooked within the oh, first, yeah. like, so many pages. You've got to get me hooked. Um, <clears throat> so, it definitely did grab your attention right off the bank. Um, she reflects on her relationship with Mal, who has become sort of a stranger to her. Much better at everything, much more popular, while she is just a regular map maker. Also, she's in love with him. So, this is, like, the very beginning of my hatred for Mal. <laughs> yep. And it only gets worse. Yep. Um, when they are on the fold, they get attacked by Volcra. Um, the attack nearly kills Mal, but Alina saves him by producing a massive light, of which Volcra, Volcra are winged monsters are scared of after that they return to kribersk and alina is questioned by the darkling the leader of the second army of grisha himself and the beginning of the gaslighting begins <laughs> uh, so my first impression of the darkling was hello good hey howdy ho ranger joe like let's go <laughs> i'm ready to be hurt by this man oh yeah he was beautifully described i don't know she really did try to like play with your heartstrings with him it's like it's like sarah (sighs) rough times ahead but um um let's see the darkling decides that alina needs protection and sends her off to live in his palace in os alta the capital of ravka on the way over, they get attacked by assassins of another country, but the Darkling splits a guy in half to save Alina. Um, the thing about this website, too, with their full synopsis is they're really freaking funny. Um, so, I think Lee does a good job of, like, world building and, like, oh, giving yeah. you enough without throwing you all the way in. So, she kind of, like, slowly builds the world as you follow Alina through this journey so like finding out that there are people who don't like grisha and that's why they tried to assassinate her and then just the whole thing with like light is what will take down the shadow fold and it happens to be elena which is a rare power and just the way that you learn things 
I think is very smoothly done. Oh, yeah. I think this book, I think Shadow and Bone, usually your first book gives you insight into your world and it can sometimes be a lot overwhelming, especially with some books that we've read. Exhibit A. Crescent City's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And Prior to the Orange Tree. Golly bum. Um, But Shadow and Bone, I would say I, like about a, the first 20... 5% of the book that I was reading, I knew what was going on. Yeah. You had a good understanding of the war world da, 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 mm-hmm. by the time you got about 25% of the way through it. Yeah. That's, I would agree with that. And that's definitely due with the right, with the way she wrote it, as well as the pacing. The pacing was really good. Well, and I think the fact that, like, so up until now, she's not known that she's Grisha. So everything mm-hmm. that she's learning, that you're learning about the Grisha universe, she's also learning. So the information given to Elena is not going to be huge and all in one spurt and expecting her to grasp it all in one run. Yeah. So then the reader's not getting a mouthful either. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're learning with Elena, which is really nice to know. Um, she also learns that she is apparently the Light Summoner, the most powerful Grisha next to the Darkling, and therefore able to save the country from the Shadowfold. When arriving at the Little Palace, Elena meets Jinya, who has to make her ready. Jinya has the ability to make beauty, and she makes Elena look a little better for her presentation to the king. And this was the moment that I was like, if I had anybody's power, it would be Jinya's. <laughs> yeah, I really like Jinya. I loved her. And, like, honestly, if I had any Grisha ability, it would be hers. The power to, like... The fact that she was able to put Elena's makeup on so fast... <laughs> no. That's the power I want. Um, after that, she learns to live in the little palace. She has to train and take fighting... And takes fighting classes as well as classes with Bagra, a strange old lady who learns... Who helps her learn to control her ability. That strange old lady. That strange old lady. The entire time, the Darkling tells her that she is his only hope at destroying the Fold. He tells her he's looking for an amplifier to give her power. He plans to hunt down a very powerful amplifier, but so far, um, very powerful, but so far hidden, stag to create one. Um, and here we have more gaslighting at its finest. So... Am I wrong, or at this point, we also don't know that he's the person who started the Shadowfold, correct? No, we don't. You and don't I find think that in the show, until... didn't they change that? Was it, it, like, common knowledge of, like, no, he started it? No, I don't think so. There was something that the show did that, oh, the Get... show gave away his name. The show gave away his name, right. really. Did we ever find out his name in the book? We knew he was the uh, heretic, though, the black heretic, and they didn't know that in the book, I don't think. We never... Do we ever find out his name in the books? You do at the end. Yeah, we, you find it out in Rune Rising, but in the in the first... No, you don't know until you know the nothing. very end. But what the show did different is they said his name in the first season. Well, <laughs> and that's what I'm getting at. Like, in the book, did we know he was the dark heretic? Or the black heretic? I don't think we did. And in the show, you did. They may have... I don't know. They may have given... They... T- they Did, changed some things. I'm trying to figure out, like, unless they, I'm, unless, unless they thought that he 
wasn't the only shadow person to exist. They thought he was a descendant. They probably thought he was the person who started the fold. And in yes. the book, that was the same. But in the show, they call him the Black Heretic, and I don't yeah. think that they called him that in the book Mm-mm. until he was so. like evil Knievel. <laughs> yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, we'll go yeah. with what you said. Sure. Um, let us know if we're wrong. <laughs> Um, Elena still tries to get used to get used to her life and feels lost without Mal. I'm not sure why. Yeah. But she decides she must let him go in order to summon light and finally starts to get control of her powers. One day, Elena and the Darkling talk about the amplifier and how the army is looking for the stag to create it. She asks questions about Bagra, but suddenly he kisses her. Considering he has told her he's about 120 years old, this is probably not appropriate. <laughs> That's what the comment on this no. thing says. This is pretty funny. Um, but you know, at this point, like, I feel like all of us have just accepted age gaps. Yeah, if when you read, like... <laughs> Reason's like 500 years older than Feyre. And, and Feyre's like 19. <laughs> it's fine. Um, one day, Elena and the... Oh, wait. I just read that. In the winter, the king and queen of Ravka plan a ball where the Grisha give demonstrations of their power. This is where Elena is presented to everyone and shows her powers for the first time. She wears black, the Darkling's color, for the first time as well. Afterwards, the Darkling takes her away and they make out in a dark room. And this was the moment where I was like, full Darkling. (laughs) Full send on the Darkling. I was in love with him. Um... I think that the show, the show definitely did this moment justice because, like, that kiss was hot. Oh, yeah. Wowzers. Um, but, see, and this, like, changed this, too. So, she's presented to everyone for the first time, but in the show, they bring her straight in and, like, this is what she can do. Um, so, I think it's interesting, too, the way this book builds on, like, you're seeing full-on Alina and the Darkling nobody else you're not learning about anybody else and then slowly over time you begin to learn about the royal family but like i just think Um, it's interesting that they played such a small role in the first book i think what they believed is that jumping back to the darkling for a second the darkling's like what 400 500 years old says he's 120 years old anyways um they believe Throughout all the years, he went under different names, so... But mm-hmm. it's still the same person. So, they probably think, oh, this guy created the fold. But it was still him the whole time. Yeah. So, that is the case. But what I'm yes. saying is, in the show, they call him the Black Heretic. Yeah. Or the Dark Heretic, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they called him in that that in the book until they he was evil. And then they were like, oh, yeah, he's the Dark... That, that's what they started calling him. I At that point, so. I don't think they they still didn't know that he created. I'm not saying that's what they called him because they knew he created the fold. I'm just saying, like, I think that's the, they didn't give him that nickname until much later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Alina meets Mal, who happens to be in the palace at the same time, too, because apparently he's been looking and has found the stag. So this I did like that the show changed that up a little bit that you got to kind of see his journey as well. Because I think him just showing up out of the blue, you kind of didn't really get the sense. And maybe that's why Mal was salvaged for me in the show. You saw that he was trying to get to Alina. He's a the little... Book, didn't have Mal's that. a little bit better in the show than he is in the book. I wrote for them in the in the show. Honest to goodness, I wrote for them in the show. Yeah. 
Um, and to complicate things even more, Bagra shows up in Alina's room, telling her she is the Darkling's mother and that he is the Black Heretic. So, yes. yes, they didn't call him that. But in the show, they call him that, like, right off the bat. Yeah. I don't think they, in the show, I don't think they knew that he created the fold, but they called him the Black Heretic. Probably, I think the reason they called him the Black Heretic is because, oh, well, he has shadow powers. I guess the shadow powers, yeah. Justify um, what? My he cat? is the one who created the shadow fold. Um, she tells Alina that he plans to destroy the other countries instead of destroying the fold, and Alina runs away. And in this moment, my heart fractured in two. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. And I really, like, I had read this after reading after, so <laughs> the PTSD was fresh. Um, I flew through it. I think I read this book in a day. Like, I started it and oh, yeah, finished I it the same day. I was like, day. no! These books are quick reads. Uh, they're, vi- yeah. Um, running, she runs away. She gets very far before being caught by the Darkling's guard. Um, and then, even then, manages to hide until they go away. But she also runs into Mal, who has, de- who has deserted the army to help her. They decide to find the stag together. Um... See, and even at this point, there was still a tiny flicker of hope in my heart that the Darkling was going to pull through. <laughs> because I just don't like the friends to lovers trope. Unless I like it's done it, well. I like it when it's done well, but not when it's, like, shoved in your face. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like this. Um, Mal finally figures out he has been in love with Alina all along in the kiss. Right before they find the stag. But unplanned, uh, Elena can't. You have it stroke? missed like <laughs> the crucial information in this summary. So they find out that Mal is. Um, they miss like a whole thing right before they find the stag. Then no, oh, oh, I've almost skipped. Wow. Okay. <laughs> nope. I I understand. I was reading it wrong. Um, but unplanned, Alina can't kill the stag, and the Darkling's army shows up instead. The Darkling, of course, has no problem killing the stag. I they cried. make Alina an amplifier, which bounds her to the Darkling. Yeah, this was crazy because I was feeling multiple emotions. Cried over an I cried over a stag. <laughs> a fictional being. It's happened before, not for the last time. <laughs> um, and then just the fact that like. Them describing the amplifier of the bones protruding from her collarbone. That's crazy. Oh, they did that in the book, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kept telling you that. When we were watching the show, I kept telling you that. I know. I know. Seeing it in the show actually happened. (laughs) It's disgusting. Um, A few days after that, they go into the shadow fold again. Alina to destroy the fold but actually forced to help the Darkling keep the Volcra away while he destroys everyone in his way. <laughs> so villainy. Um, <laughs> but when Mal is thrown overboard, Alina fights more. She then realizes that by not killing the stag, she has more power over her amplifier than the Darkling. She breaks free from him and jumps off the ship to save Mal. She protects themselves from the Volcra by summoning light and lets the light disappear over the ship, leaving it to the Volcra. After that, they run across the sand to West Ravka, free but not safe. See, and this was the moment where I think there was a tiny bit of a plot hole in this series. Because I kept waiting. So, 
because she didn't kill the stag, she had more power over the amplifier than the darkling. But I kept waiting for them to be some sort of thing because they had mentioned it. Like if you spare it or whatever. I kept waiting for them to be like a big blowout because she didn't kill the stag and for it to actually like be in her power. I don't know. I was waiting for a bigger moment than what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I think there was a bit of a plot twist there. Or a plot hole there. Um, so yeah. That's the entire book. So it's a, it's a pretty short read. Like it's not that long of a read. Um, not a ton happens. No. And what, that that's why I can see why they did the show the way they did. Um, but yeah, I was full on like Team Darkling. <laughs> so Team Darkling. And then when he started killing people, that's when I was like, hmm. <laughs> Questioning my morals. Wow, sir. Making me flip the switch here, buddy. Switching sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a very, very short read. It's not that big of a book physically, and there's like, what, 20-something chapters? Yeah. It's not very- It's a quick read. And the pacing helps with that, too, because you're constantly, like, flipping pages. You're like, it was very quick. I finished it in a day. Well, and even just, like, listening to that synopsis, like, the full synopsis, pretty much it tackles all the major points and it was a short synopsis yeah so if that tells you anything um i think for me the most interesting part was just like learning about the gracia and like the fact that jenya can do that like with the eyeshadow and everything and the different elements and then not only is there different elements but there's also like you can bend metal Instead of, you know, yielding, wielding earth, there's just, like, so much to the Grisha. The healing Grisha. Um, the heart renders. All different kinds of stuff. Um, so, I thought that was really interesting. And then just meeting different characters that expand the universe, like Zoya. Um, yeah, I can honestly say, like, even from book one, I was not a Mal fan. Mm-mm. He just didn't have enough. I don't think there was enough content there. No. I think if we would have had a back and forth POV of him trying to get to Alina at the Little Palace, I think that would have very drastically shifted my view on Mel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. He just didn't have it in the first book. I don't... In the series at all, really. Mm-mm. I never did root for him. Um, Yeah, I was always a huge fan of the Darkling. It's... <sighs> Morally gray, man yeah (laughs) come on there ain't nothing better um do you have any other thoughts on the first book no i thought it was pretty good it was oh now no it was it was a very good series i loved it yeah i gave it a five out of five when i read it oh yeah i loved the first book the first book was it kind of gave me the feeling I remember when I read it and I finished it, it gave me the feeling, I felt like I was transported back to the era of, like, Divergent and the yes. Hunger Games. It very much felt like that, like, nostalgic feeling. Something we would read in, like, fifth or sixth school, yeah. grade or middle school, yeah. high school. That kind of era. I miss that era. That was the era of 
young adult. Yes. I want it back. Like, this, when I read that first book, that's what that felt like to me. It felt like I was being transported back. It wasn't, it's fantasy, but it's not, like, epic fantasy. It's not hardcore fantasy. It's nothing that you've got to pay, like, all your mind's attention to. Um, It's just simple. It's an easy fantasy. It's simple, but not too simple. Right. Keeps you hooked, too, which is nice. Oh, yeah. I also... Well, I guess we can talk about that with the third book. But I also kept mm-hmm. waiting on there to be more stuff with their parentage. Or her parentage. Yes. And nothing ever happened there. So, I don't know if that's a plot hole or what. Um, okay. So, we do have a bit of a game. Um, we're going to play this game after each of the books. Because um, it'll change depending on the book. Yep. Um, so, we're doing superlatives. So, the first one we have is most likely to kill a Volcra. I'm just going to go ahead and say... Oh, gosh, I don't actually know. Who would it be? In the first book. Honestly, probably just, like, the basic answer of the Darkling. Yeah, he'd slice it in half. Because Alina never did, like, kill one. And Mal tried. Mal tried and failed. (laughs) Yeah. If I had to go with somebody that wasn't the Darkling, I think I would honestly, just out of pure ferociousness, I would go with Zoya. Oh, yeah. I love Zoya. <laughs> yeah. She's she's fierce. Oh, the yeah, the portrayal of her character in the show has been top notch. Mm-hmm. Um who would you pick most likely to kill a Valkyra? I would probably go with Zoya. Zoya. Um, most likely to be eaten by a Volcra. <laughs> um If we're just like thinking like any of the characters in the book. Probably Jinya. Because I think she's the least, like, which that doesn't age very well for her. But um, I think she's the least capable of, like, defending herself in that situation. Yeah. Um. Uh, what's his name? That was with Jinya. Oh, um, uh, David. David. <laughs> That's who I'd go with. Do we even I don't know. I think David could defend himself. I feel like he could Do we know what his powers are? He can like um make things. He's that one that's like he's able to make things. He can make a gun. <laughs> he can like wield things and stuff. I I think he would be able to make something. He would be able to fashion something where Jenny is pretty strong, but I don't think she's the only she's one. She's pretty that... strong, but power wise. Yeah. She now would she she wouldn't go down without a fight no i think she would fight to the very end oh yeah but i don't think she uh she's not very useful when it comes to that um he was a durist yes so he could make things so see i think he could fashion something i think if it came down to he any could of the characters sword. he would at least be able to fashion something and i don't think she would be able to Mm-mm. um most likely to betray the group <laughs> the dark one <laughs> Um, I'm going with the Darkling. I feel like that's the obvious answer, but it's the answer nonetheless. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty obvious answer. Now, I guess the question would be, though, betraying them, like, switching from good to evil or evil to good? If we're going evil to good, then I'm going to go with Bagra. <gasps> yes! Oh, yeah, 100%. Good I would to agree. evil, the Darkling. I would say Bagra would betray the group. If she was going from evil to good. Well, because well, she did. Well, 
Because she helped yeah. Elena get out so he, yeah. she could get away from the Darkling. Yeah, because she's like, my son is a monster. <laughs> um, Most likely to have a song written about them. Like a, like a fable song. I would say Elena. Yeah, I would say Elena. Because she is the Sun Summoner. And that's like a huge freaking deal. That's a she's huge. She's a saint. Yep. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Ravka, the Darkling and Elena. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because for the majority of the book, you're like, nope. You have Mr. and Mrs. Ravka. It's kind of like those yearbook things where you're like, these is your best couple. Yeah, we had Mr. Well, ours wasn't even couple. It was like, Mr. and Mrs. SHS. So it was like and it'd the be people like those that couple- show the most school spirit. Yeah. It's not ever and ever a couple. Like we had one year was Bailey and Blaine. Or no, DJ and Blaine, sorry. So mm-hmm. it's not specifically a couple. Um, so it can be like, basically like, who is your key players of that book? Elena. The Darkling and Elena. Because they're the two most powerful, Grisha. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that was all the superlatives I had. Yep. Um, like I said, next week we're going to be doing Siege and Storm. Um, that one might be a little bit lengthier. It might be. These, honestly, like, I didn't expect these to be too long just because the synopsis is so short. The books are not that long. There is some more information to be had later in the books because the second one we also get to introduce Nikolai. Praise and the, the second Lord. one is also Talia and Tamar. Praise the Lord. And the second one is also when Mal starts exhibiting strong red flags. Praise the Lord. Like crimson red. Um, so it's about to get really good. Um, the first one, I loved it. I think it's a great jumping off point. It's a great starter point. It's a great way to hook you into the story, to introduce you to the world, to introduce you to these characters, and just like enough to get you in it it's a very it's a very easy read but it's also a very enjoyable read like i yes. enjoyed reading it i think if anyone asked me what they should read to introduce themselves to fantasy this would be the book series i would recommend because oh, yeah. i don't think if you've never read fantasy and you're wanting to get started in fantasy i don't think i would ever recommend to somebody to read sarah j moss <laughs> Don't read that first. Because that's epic fantasy. And that's like, you need to have a basic knowledge of the world of fantasy, I think. Because that's hardcore fantasy. Whereas Shadow and Bone, I think, is a good starter Would I say it's epic fantasy like Priory or Lord of the Rings? No, not really. Not Sarah J. Moss. I think so. It's pretty close. Throne of Glass? It's pretty close to it. It's epic fantasy, my point. In my Um, opinion. But yeah, if you're wanting to get into like... If you're just starting out in fantasy, I would say, I would say Lee Bardugo is a pretty good place to start with like Shadow and Bone, yeah, Six of Crows, all Six that of stuff. Crows. It's a good, yeah, it's a good jumping point. Um, yeah, those, yeah, I think that's all we've got. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any other comments or questions or thoughts on this week's episode, just let us know. Um, in the comments below. Like I said, next week we're going to be doing Siege and Storm by Leigh Bardugo. So this is going to be the sequel to Shadow and Bone. Um, if you don't already, be sure to follow our podcast and be sure to rate us five stars and leave us a review. Um, helps us to get um, more followers and reach more people. And then be sure to follow us on our social medias. Um, like I said earlier, I'll be linking the full synopsis down below um that website is amazing for a full synopsis i love it um keeps me from having to make my own which are not going to be as good so um 
that. I think that about covers it. Um, yep. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.